HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load Knows that country music's gonna save your soul The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues That's him It's gonna get you some in the end Welcome back to the Speakeasy I'm your host, Damon Bolte In the studio today, we have an awesome friend of mine I, I, You know, I always talk about this on the show Uh about how basically we we just get to have really great conversations about the things we love, and we were just doing that actually at the bar right before we came on the show. So uh, we're I think we're warmed up. But uh, today we have my good friend Stephanie Ridgeway of Highland Park, one of the coolest scotches one around, one of the most badass one scotch of the most whiskeys. badass scotch whiskeys around. Let's make sure we're clear about yeah. it. <laughs> is that is that like in your actually like. Your press kit? Uh, you no, know, it's just in my it's in my DNA. I can't help myself. Uh, I, I think uh, I think the more I spread the word about badass, eventually it's probably going to wind up in the press kit. So everybody, it's badass. Well, you're pretty badass yourself. I mean, like you you guys uh, have. First of all, I, like I just want to say, like uh, I've I've worked with this whiskey in the past. I I actually. I, I got an award for one of my cocktails. You did. From you've, Star you've been you've been around you've been around in, in in part of the Highland Park family for quite some time. Yeah, and and you know I just I I love the juice. It's it's great stuff, and it's like it's a very cool story. Uh, and 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 one of the strangest parts of the world, right? It's it's in a place where you probably would never imagine that there'd be a whiskey distillery. Um, you know, I'm sure that you've been to distilleries here in the U.S. You may very well have traveled overseas to the U.K., maybe uh, Scotland, Ireland, to visit some distilleries. And, you know, it's all in some beautiful locales. But, uh, you know, we at Highland Park didn't opt for a beautiful locale. We opted <laughs> for a place that, that really kind of tested your uh, resolve uh, to, for, for distilling whiskey or actually even visiting it. We're in the Orkney Islands off the northwest coast of the Scottish mainland, and to put that into perspective for uh, for people, if they don't understand that, we share a latitude with Anchorage, 
Oslo and Stockholm. So if you can understand where that puts us on the map, it is way the hell up there. I like to tell people that there's two ways that you can get there to visit. You can either jump a ferry, which could take you anywhere from one to seven hours, <laughs> or you can jump on a little 30-seat uh, dual-prop plane, and I just say that uh, either way you should make sure your affairs are in order because yeah. it's not an easy trip, but once you get there, um, you're up there on just this absolutely beautiful rock. Uh, we have Northern Lights. Of course, I visited last week, or not last week, last month, and the Northern Lights managed to make a spectacular appearance the night before I got there and the night after I left. Oh, so, man. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, I'm taking an issue. I don't know who to call, but uh, <laughs> damn, curse those lights. But uh, yeah, we're up there, and it's just scenic, and it's beautiful, and when there's a full moon, you can feel like you can touch it. And, uh, you know, we've been distilling whiskey up there ever since we've been distilling whiskey. That's insane. Okay, yeah. So you, okay, so this is, it's the, it is, am I right to say this, the, it, it, the northernmost distillery? It's the, the we're in the northernmost part of Scotland. Yeah. So, yeah, so okay. we are, it's, it's, we. Northern, northernmost whiskey distillery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's two, another whiskey distillery up there, which you might be familiar with. A lovely distillery, Scapa, is about a uh, half mile south of us. Oh, yeah. Um, well, well, you've got some. Nice uh, scenery. Okay, so wait a minute. It, you've got northern lights there? Yeah, we've got northern lights there. I, you know, and and I get so, I get so like excited when I start talking about it. You know, not only do we have northern lights, we we have a Neolithic heritage. We've actually we've got things on that island that predate Stonehenge. Wow. Um, the Ring of Brodgar. We've got you know the Tomb of Maisal, which. I mean, it's all of this spectacular stuff that nobody can really quite explain because, unfortunately, round about 1100 B.C., hordes and hordes of Vikings stormed the island and uh, laid waste to, to some of the stuff, and um, which is the other half of our heritage. We're, we're Vikings by nature. That's crazy. Okay. We've got Neolithic, we've got Vikings, we've got Northern Lights, and we've got badass whiskey. Yeah, when it, when you think of like whiskey in general, I mean, like we were talking about. Actually, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Um, the word whiskey kind of incites just badassness. It, 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 but, it definitely incites badass. But then, like, then you throw in the whole like Viking element to this, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god! Wait, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you on on sheer badassness. Okay, um, do it. <laughs> we've got we've got we've got whiskey, and we've got Vikings, but we've also got our founder, a guy by the name of Magnus Jensen. And I love this story. Magnus is a great Magnus is, yeah, he's he's a special breed of cat. Uh, Magnus held two jobs. Uh, By day, he was a minister uh, or a lay minister, which means as, you know, as, you know, it was on Sundays. He was helping little old ladies to their pews. You know, he was helping the collection plate, you know, and he was, you know, up there on the altar uh, preaching against the evils of whiskey. And by night, <laughs> it was a bootleg and whiskey distiller. That's awesome. So, I mean, you just add all these things together, and you come up to something that, I mean, I don't have enough time in the world to tell you how special it is. I don't think I need to tell you how special it is, but, you know, bootleggers, priests, Vikings, northern lights, uh, you know, all add up to a pretty, a pretty fun bottle of juice. Yeah. I mean... To me, Highland Park kind of represents something that's not necessarily. It, 
it's kind of like an, an outlier of the Scotch world. You know, it's like it's kind of like an outlaw, you know? Well, yeah, an outlaw. I mean, we're doing everything by the book. It, it's still, well, you know. The, I don't mean yeah, that. I mean, mm-hmm. just that it, it really stands out as far as like its story yeah. and and its production and like and just where proximity, everything about it is like, I mean, of course, it falls within the guidelines yeah. of making Scotch, but it's like it's kind of like I guess it just goes back to that badassness. It's like it's like it's kind of like on the fringes, like on the fringes of society, man. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's fun when, when my colleagues from around the country and around the globe, we get together when we're fortunate enough to all be able to be in the same room, whether it's at the, the Jönsson tasting room or, you know, up there listening uh, by the Magnus fire. Magnus got his own room. Magnus got his own oh, room. And it, yes, it. exactly. Um, yeah, we, we, we just feel collectively that we're very, very fortunate and that in addition to all of the things that you would expect about a scotch whiskey or what would make a scotch whiskey special you know the type of peat that we use is amazing um the type of oak casks that we use to age the whiskey in uh is amazing you know the fact that we still hand turn our own malt you know only a handful of distilleries do that that's huge can you can you like for our yeah. listeners like talk a little bit about uh that? okay yeah i actually can um Typically speaking, well, centuries ago, it was a common practice. Everybody did it, but obviously with the uh, the demand on the Scotch whiskey world and how much everybody is out there drinking now, uh, you know, variety, you know, the production, it's not feasible for most distilleries to be hand-turning their own malt, but we actually do about 20% of our own malt up in the Orkney Islands at the distillery uh, where we are actually turning our malt on the same ancient malt floor that, you know, more likely than not, Magnus Jensen was doing up there. And what that does is it it gives us a, a, a control to some respect over yeah. the succulence of the barley. And actually that percentage of the barley that we're turning by hand is the percentage that we're peating. Uh, I'm sure you know this Highland Park in the world of peated scotch whiskeys is very lightly peated and it's mm-hmm. it's very aromatic it's not uh, not peated in the same manner as our brothers and sisters down in the isla region are it is uh it's peated in a very light manner because we're, all, we're like really only peating 20 percent of our malt but we're hand turning it so we've got guys that are still down there that you know have um have uh what's the word have trained for years to do this and it's back-breaking work and every time i go there they they try to put a malt shovel in my hand and because i just can't quite get the hang of the swing i just make a mess of the whole malting floor <laughs> i think i've sort of been banned but uh, fortunately we do have a team of experts up there uh, and that's where the term monkey shoulder came from if you did not know yeah, it's yeah. uh it's those guys got the big hump from all the malt that they were turning but yeah it's kind of special uh that we're still able to to uh to practice that ancient art um and i would love to touch on the peat because yeah, that yeah. You know, there's some people out there that just dig peaty whiskeys. I mean, that's what they're about. They're just like they want to feel the burn and the smoke and the almost like they're sucking on a, a nice campfire log. Yeah. Um, it's like I said, we're way the heck up there in the Orkney Islands. Hundred days out of the year, we have eighty mile an hour winds. That's crazy. Eighty mile an hour winds. Uh, because and we've had that for centuries. It doesn't. It's not just like a new thing that's happening. I'm afraid right? to even drive that fast. <laughs> Well, you could. They, some people offer me their cars when I'm up there. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it. 80 mile an hour winds and car driving on the left hand side of the road. Don't oh, think that, it's such a good idea. Yeah. Um, I know my limitations. Uh, is, is driving on the left hand side because that's the 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 way that the traffic flows there, or just because maybe too much whiskey. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
I'm going to say traffic flow. I don't want to, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, to that end, we've got no trees. And if we've got no trees because it's so windy, just tree, yeah, they just can't survive yeah. to that age to get big enough to actually have a root structure and influence our peat bog. Our tree, our, our peat's not influenced with, with wood. So when you burn it, it's not going to smell like wood. And when you burn it and you smoke the malt over it, it the malt's not going to carry off like a, a, a wood-burned sort of campfire uh, quality to it. Uh, but what we do have up there is a ton of Scottish heather. Yeah. And heather is that real low, you know, to the ground, tough floral shrub. So that's the root structure that's through our peat bog. That It's just, I mean, it's actually a, a stunning sight to be out in the bog and see just fields of purple heather yeah. for miles. But when you burn our peat, it smells... It's so aromatic. It it's smells almost. So you smelled it when we were together yeah. at the uh, at the uh, at the woodworking event. We actually. Uh, so when you burn our peat, it smells more like incense. Yeah. So that's what we're roasting our malt over. This really beautiful heather infused aromatic peat kind of separates us from yeah. the back because we don't have we have so much wind. We don't have trees. Another thing that makes us kind of crazy up there. I think like to me, you know, in the, the Michael Jackson's book, the whiskey book, which is mm-hmm. just like kind of like the Bible. The Bible, I know. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorite. That's like basically it's my favorite section in the book. Uh, the the part the the section on Heather. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I, I think well, you know, pretty hardcore whiskey drinkers and people in the industry like consider it a lot, but it's not something that's commonly talked about about Scottish whiskey. And Heather is a huge part, huge part, I think, and like especially like when you're peating, like you're digging. Old, old well, dirt out of the ground. You're digging, like, when we go into the bog, you know, you know when I've got, you know, guests or, or whomever that I'm there with, you know, I like to point out that when I'm standing there, the peat that is at my ankle is 3,000 years old. Yeah. It's, three, it's a couple of thousand years away from being coal. So the heather root structure that is down there, we're burning, you know, 3,000 year old root structure of Heather and it's it's that's the primary influence there's something really cool about that yeah. Pete to Cole to diamonds you know like yes <laughs> to whiskey to whiskey <laughs> they all yeah. fit in the same sentence <laughs> but so uh yeah I mean like I so I can't wait to go visit the uh, distillery <laughs> um but uh the uh let's talk about this for a second I think I've been bartending now for about I guess about 10 years now um just yeah just about 10 years but um there was a moment i was working at the whiskey shop and then bartending and there was a moment where these two i was working this like kind of dive bar and uh i was kind of like the cocktail guy of the, this dive bar staff and uh i had like my cocktail night i was there. gonna say i mean how many cocktail nights did you get at the dive bar yeah i, I would have come one one, one. <laughs> <laughs> it was every wednesday um and uh there were two like really hot ladies came in and uh they both ordered whiskey but they, like one of them ordered like like knob creek it was something it was some like overproof bourbon and the other one ordered like lafroig or like like they're heavy yeah heavy whiskey they, they were they were nobody was tap dancing on it that was order. so yeah. hot it was so hot i was so like turned on by that and uh it was like it's got me like but it was like that moment where you started seeing like whiskey coming back into vogue and like rather than like your I mean, tequila was like kind of big at the time. This, we're talking about like six years ago or so, and uh, and vodka was like f- kind of like kind of going away. You know, like people were starting to really want to like taste. Clearly, they were wanting to taste the spirits because they were like heavier whiskeys. But then we started to see 
all these whiskeys coming. I guess what I'm getting at here is that uh, I, I love the way that that we've kind of like as as Americans we've kind of retrained ourselves to drink whiskey, and it's in it's not not just like on its own, but like in cocktails and and there's like a new guard of whiskey drinkers, and and now it's gotten to the point where it's expanded even to I I don't I'm not I'm not a Irish whiskey hater, I just it's a little too light for me most times, but I've been finding like whiskey like Irish whiskeys that I really like, and now it's like it's like the the whole like whiskey market and as a whole is starting to get really fleshed out, and I, I love to see what people order at the bar. It's like a new a new life to it. I think it. collectively in the whole whiskey world, and I'm just going to encompass all the countries. I mean, obviously, it's not just America, and it's not just Scotland. It's Ireland. It's Japan. It's mm-hmm. Canada. It's India. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, you know, people are coming to, everybody's bringing their, their glove to the game now uh, in the world of whiskey. And I, I like to take a look, or kind of step back and, and compare it. It's just like the world of wine. Mm-hmm. There's something for everybody, and the more educated our consumers get, the more they realize that, you know, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said to me, I don't like scotch because I don't like the smoky flavor. And I say, well, okay, that then there's a bazillion different kind of scotch whiskeys you can try uh, that don't. And, you know, I turn them on to Highland Park, or I could easily turn them on to um, to a Macallan, or a, even in a blend of famous grouse or a Cuddy Sarkin, to see this aha moment. When they realize that they're just not trapped into whatever they might have been pilfering from their dad's liquor cabinet 30 years ago, yeah. it's a whole different breed of cat. And it's, you know, it's not to say that everybody's bucking convention in the, in the, 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 like the making side of it, but what people are willing to experiment on the drinking side of it yeah. is such an exciting renaissance. Yeah. I mean, here we are. You know, my motto is this. I was not put on this earth to tell you how to drink your whiskey. I'm just happy that you're drinking it. There's nobody that makes it that's going to tell you how to drink it. In fact, my personal mantra is once you buy a bottle of it, you can go home and wash your hair in it. That's yeah. all good. That's what makes my hair spiky here. That's <laughs> so, you know when I'm having a bad day, a little Highland Park 12. That's, but, uh, nice. <laughs> you can see how that yeah, works, right? Yeah. But to that end, there's no wrong way to drink your whiskey. There's you, you want it with neat, be all the neat you can be. You want it with ice. You want it with water. You want to put it in a cocktail? Oh my goodness! The 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 renaissance of Scotch single malt Scotch whiskey. What you guys are doing out there in the field amazes me. I I I, I agree with you until the point where you're mixing it with Diet Coke. Well, <laughs> you know what? Again, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. If you bought it. You did. Uh, if, you, if you if you do go yeah. want to make same take a bottle of my Highland Park 25 and mix it with a Dr Pepper, I won't stop you. I probably will make funny on Facebook. But, you know, <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I, but it's I, your it's your it's your gig. Yeah. You do what you want, whatever your palate. It's where well, your palate leads you. I think there's so much excitement around Scotch whiskey. Like I feel like I I, I huge huge advocate for Scotch whiskey and cocktails. Sam Ross, I mean god you know the penicillin. The yeah. like, he's he's got so many scotch drinks, and he's really focused on it. Mm-hmm. You know the Bobby Burns, and like they just really tighten up, uh, at, like a milking now, out of boy. Well, and you've got guys like Gaz Reagan out there who yeah. are just super excited about it. Yeah. I mean, these guys I, know I what they're talking about. I mean, I you know what you're talking about. I've drank some of your scotch cocktails. Oh man, I have. I th- we're probably gonna have to have one. I think we are. But like I like I said, you know, like I I always have a bottle of Highland Park. I love the fifteen. Yeah. Oh. 
It's my favorite. The, the ambassador yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've always got that at home. I, I mean, I've got right now in my house, we've got 12, 15, and 18. I mean, I have, I have more booze at my house than most bars have. Like, even in <laughs> Take their note, basement. ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever looking for somewhere fun in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to tell them. We won't tell them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I and like my band, we always have a bottle of Cuddy Sark in the green room. <laughs> That's so much fun. That That is badass, Cuddy yeah. Sark in the green room. Yeah. And then, uh, like, well, these, these are brands that you mentioned, Famous Grouse. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Brian Miller, uh, he does the Tiki Mondays. My first awesome. Tiki Monday, I was the the sponsored brand was Famous Grouse. So I did an entire menu of Scotch Tiki drinks, and just to just to like how drive... in the name of all the totally did I miss that? That's awesome. Oh man, it was crazy. Yeah, and I think we have to have a, a, re, a redo on that. People laughed, people cried, <laughs> people danced. Memories were made. Yeah. But uh, but just to drive that point home of like using scotch in cocktails, people people don't typically think of scotch in cocktails. But if you can do a tiki night and make a whole menu of famous grounds cocktails, bring it on. Bring it on. And so, not only do some people not like really get scotch in cocktails, there are just as many people out there that are adamantly opposed to that. And you know what? That's okay. Once again, it's your palate. It's how you like it. It's how you want to drink it. Um, you know. I can tell you from personal experience that when I have a head cold, a nice healthy dram of Highland Park 12 in some red rooibos tea oh, with a nice. little bit of honey and lemon, yeah. I, I don't even understand why people would consider NyQuil after that. Of course, when I say a nice healthy dram, you know, it's a nice healthy <laughs> dram, but it's spectacular. I mean, there's just, there's the more that people, uh, consumers, drinkers, uh, you know, uh, bar patrons, feel less intimidated by the spirit and and less afraid that they might be breaking one of the sacred rules yeah. then you know it's 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 everybody's game it's open yeah. season let's just have some fun with it absolutely we're not we're not it's not rocket science people it's whiskey in a glass we distilled it for you to drink and we want you to have some fun while you're drinking it absolutely well all this talk has got me thirsty so yeah. let's take a quick break and we'll Super. get back we'll make a cocktail oh yeah we've got tons of fun with all cocktails. right Bye. right back in just a moment with steph from highland park Today's music is by Cookies on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com.
We are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy. In the studio today, I've got my friend Steph Ridgeway from Highland Park. And we were just talking a little bit before the break about cocktails using scotch whiskey. You know, the, when we when we think about scotch whiskey cocktails, there are there are a couple. There's one that I, I still think someone is going to figure out. The Blood and Sand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it can be good. I've had a good one, but it's not something I go to. But like we, we typically think of like the classics like a Rob Roy. Um, even they're just mostly spirits. There's not. They're mostly spirits. Yeah, it's yeah. not. There's not a lot of level. In but those I things. think I think there's you know, the Rob Roy is a good example. You know, it's it's a Scotch Manhattan. But what's good about that cocktail, I think, is that it lets the spirit through. You know, like so you can really showcase the base spirit, the Scotch whiskey in the cocktail. Um, what we're sipping on now is kind of like a variation of that. Yes. It's kind of like a Manhattan Rob Roy yeah. variation. This is a Chancellor cocktail we just made during the break. And might I say, a very delicious cocktail. Ah, <laughs> very delicious. That's yeah. why I've been silent for the last few minutes. I'm drinking <laughs> this cocktail. We've got it on the rocks. That's okay. Oh. Um, I, I like that. Um, so we're, we're, we've got two ounces of Highland Park 12-year, uh, an ounce of uh, 10-year Tawny Port, uh, about a half an ounce of Carpano Antica Vermouth, and then do a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters and just a tiny drop of Fee Brothers whiskey barrel aged bitters. The port, I, you know, we, we were talking about like the barrel aged. Uh, first of all, we got three barrel aged things. It's like outside of the whiskey, we've got the bitters, we've got the uh, the port, and then we've got the vermouth, which is actually aged for twelve months. So we were really like taking that in with the Oloroso sherry cask uh, aging from the Highland Park. I like that because you know when you consider that seventy percent of a whiskey's flavor is derived from the type of cask that it's aged in, you we've just taken that all to the outer limits because we've we've flavor enhanced every ingredient in this cocktail yeah. with some type of cask. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the, it's the other side of our, you know, perfect smoke and sweet, uh, uh like, um, recipe for Highland Park is that we do, we age in 100% ex Oloroso sherry casks. So it's this general sweetness. In fact, we don't buy a single bourbon cask. Yeah. We, we are, we're in it from the minute the tree grows to the minute we take it back from our sherry, uh, producing partners down in the South of Spain. I mean, it's a huge investment, but again, 70% of the flavor uh, we're we're all about it, like investing where the magic is going to happen. So, to take this beautiful, almost like a smoked honey whiskey that's a hundred, you know, hundred percent ex Oloroso sherry cast, and do with it what you did with those ingredients. I mean, I would defy anybody. I don't care how far on the side of no cocktail you fall. I you yeah. you, you couldn't look me straight in the eye and tell me this wasn't delicious. One of the things that I, I often say about about whiskey or like even spirits in general is that. To say that, that that you don't want to mix it in a cocktail is already going against what the spirit actually is. When you talk about the combination of malts and grains, the 
the weather, the climbing, like the the aging of the warehouse, the wood that goes into the aging. Like you're already, you're basically it's ingredients. It's a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of stuff right. you put together. So why not take it further? Take it further yeah. and live on the edge. Again, no wrong way to drink it. And it, I will say this again for anybody who's listening. I would defy you to take a sip of this cocktail that this man created and look me in the eye and tell me it wasn't badass delicious. Oh, you like how we our running theme today is badass. badass. <laughs> Brought to you today by badass. By, by okay. Also, on that note, okay, and this is going to sound kind of weird, mm-hmm. but I totally I, I, I'm standing by. <laughs> when I look at used barrels, like say like a used like Oloroso sherry cask or a used uh, whiskey barrel, like that maybe tequilas go mm-hmm. in, or like or like a Highland Park 15, like a used bourbon barrel. Yeah, you know, we like, don't use bourbon; it's still used sherry. Oh, yeah. uh, just American oak. Yeah, American oak. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean. But, yeah. but like in general, like when I look at like an old like used cask, I it, it, I kind of get the same feeling that like like when I'm looking at like a classic car. Like yeah, it, you, you know, know, you know, There's like the, real sexy it's, about it's, that. Yeah, you know? it's 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 uh, you know it's it it's lived a good life. It served a purpose. It it's, was it's there. Still going. And, yeah, you know that's one of the fun for anybody who ever gets a chance to make it up to uh, the visitor center at the distillery. Um, part of the tour is that we've got two, we've got an empty ex um, American oak Oloroso cask and an ex share, uh, Spanish Oloroso cask, and you know we pull out the uh, the bong and, and we encourage people to stick their noses in so that they can smell it. And you know, man, it's just like oh, that's just a beautiful sight. You just see this barrel, so you know, held all this whiskey in our case for a minimum of twelve years. I mean, it was you know those that, that spirit and that wood. Got to know one another really well, but you're right. So good. It served its, it served its time. I think there's something really. I mean, we were talking. Actually, I was talking with a customer last night at the bar about the the virtues of the aged barrel. We were talking about like young spirits and like new barrels, and you know, first of all, a spirit needs to age on its own, so that greenness kind of like dissipates the edge but also the uh the barrel itself needs to age that's why we treat the wood before we even like take it to the cooperage and like make barrels out i think there's like so much virtue in the age of like all like every element of it Uh, you know you know i was very i was very 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 fortunate to be uh selected to go on our cask trip a year ago and uh where we started up in um the north of spain in the actual forests where they were cutting the trees and we followed that tree well, as much as we could. We followed the steps of the tree from the forest to the uh, sawmill. And, you know, and then from the sawmill down to the cooperage and from the cooperage to the sherry producers. For us, it is six years from the time that tree is cut till we're even putting our spirit in it. It's insane. Six years. I mean, you the tree is cut, and then the logs have to dry, and then the logs are staved, and then the the, the staves have to be see, you know cured, and then yeah. uh, from that, and then the you know to be standing there, and then the casks, and then once they're filled with the sherry, that's another you know could be anywhere from six months to two years. They're holding sherry, and then we're not flat, we're not deconstructing them, we're not flat packing them. They are shipped whole back from um, the south of Spain, and yes. Back up to the Orkney Islands. And we like to say that's the only way we can get some really nice warm weather, Spanish weather. We just, we just ship it in. in ship it uh, in, in barrels. Uh, uh, ex Oloroso <laughs> casks. Because, that's... you know, just so you know, I, I believe that summer occurs in August uh, from the 22nd to the 24th in the Orkney Islands. So I've spent three summers in uh, the Orkney Islands. But, yeah, to that end, it's such an investment in time and people. Yeah. I mean, I stood in the middle of a forest – 
in the north of Spain with a, some gentlemen who were cutting down trees. I couldn't speak well enough Spanish, and they couldn't certainly speak well enough English for us to have a real conversation. But all they knew is that when they opened their jackets to show me the, the logos, the McAllen and the Highland Park logos, they, in their their capacity, are as much a part of this family and this process, and we couldn't do it without them. So it's just really yeah. amazing to me you know, how extensive this is, how it just touches so many lives. And how every, so many people are involved in, you know, this bottle that we crack open at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, actually, well, speaking of, we're, speaking we're, of we're cracking we're, open a bottle. Let's let's crack open this other bottle. <laughs> yeah, I brought you a treat. You know, yeah, I, you know, um, this is the first one's cracked open uh, that you've cracked open in the states. This is the, the states. first one that I've cracked open in the states. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that we've uh, we're in the middle of um, the, our Valhalla series. Mm-hmm. It's a series of uh, of whiskeys that we produced. Um, Four of them. We're on the third one now. And each of these whiskeys has been produced to emulate the personality of the god for which it was named. It really gave Max McFarlane, our whiskey maker, this unique opportunity to stretch his muscle. And I don't, I mean, it's not that we have a house style, but obviously when you drink Highland Park, there's a signature between the gentle smokiness and the real surprising sweetness. But this we said, yeah, you know what, Max, we really really want you to go for it. So uh, the first one was Thor. That was a couple of years ago, and you were involved in the, yeah. the you were involved in the media party yeah. with that. That's where we first met, where I was yeah. sipping your cocktails. Um, big, big ABV, big smoke, beautiful kind of butterscotchy finish. Because Thor is, you know, he's a big kind of a dope, but <laughs> but he was a brute. But he's a really nice guy. The second one last year was Loki. Loki mm-hmm. was just Loki is just a trickster. He's up to no good. He's evil. It's like that scene from the Step Brothers movie where Will Ferrell and John C. Riley show up to the interview in their tuxedos. They were there to, you know, screw shit up. That was that was that's Loki. That's what he was about. Um, and this one, the newest addition to the Valhalla family, uh, live to you. The first person I'm actually pouring this yeah. for in the United States. <laughs> Uh, we've got Highland Park Freya. Nice. Freya, who is the goddess of love. She's the protector of the human race. Um, she's associated with beauty and light, the northern lights. Freya obviously nice. didn't want yeah. to make an appearance for me when I was in Orkney. <laughs> but uh, just, but she's also, and in keeping with the theme of the show, she's also a badass warrior. <laughs> so this whiskey sits at a 51.2 ABV, wow. so it's nice. not for the faint of heart. Um, but to me, it's like drinking butterscotch cream soda with just wood char and and heather peat all just just roaming around in your mouth. In fact, the first sip I took of this, I had to be quiet. People couldn't talk. I said, this is a game changer. So are you ready to drink some with me? I'm so, awesome. so ready. I almost said too much talking, not enough yes. pouring. <laughs> It's really cool that you guys have been doing this series. I, I, you know, like I did. I was part of that uh, that tour dinner. I, but the uh, thank you. Um, what's What's really cool about this? I love Keen's Chap House. Mm, I love Keen's Keen's Steakhouse. And yeah. it's one of my my favorite places to go. And Keen's and, loves Highland Park. And I they do. Love they it. absolutely yes. do. Go they, Keens. That's one of my like. I I specifically like the only time I ever drink a Gibson. <laughs> is at Keens because you gotta. I start with one of those and then I I drink Highland Park usually. I mean, usually I drink the fifteen there. Well, that's like my again, go-to there. My, my it's my go-to everywhere. We, yeah. we I think <laughs> we're not the I, only we're, ones. That we're think, like this. Yeah. We're like this on that fifteen. Yeah, let's let's get let's wow. get down. To, uh-huh. <laughs> the, Jesus Christ! You notice that the talking is stopped. I really. 
Uh. Man, that's okay. That's really that's really good. <laughs> As like I said, it's cool. the third in the series. There's one more to come. I mm-hmm. uh, can't tell you which god because obviously if I I tell you I have to kill you and we, we you know we're, we're getting along so well but uh, <laughs> this is a non disclosure agreement not, yeah, it's in the non disclosure agreement and you know I just I promised that I wouldn't tell but to that end and I just think it's pretty cool that we pack all these bottles in this Viking longship mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. so the the folks that were wise enough to start collecting them when Thor came out are going to have this great display of whiskey bottles yeah. in Viking longships but yeah Freya is hitting the streets it should be. Uh, it's in the U.S. now. Um, should be on the shelves in, I want to say, Illinois, California, out in the West. We gave it there. It should be hitting any minute now on the rest of them. But uh, check your retailer if something that you want to do. I mean, uh, it's not about a plug. This is about, wow, this is, yeah, this just is incredible. good whiskey. Extremely, yes. extremely noteworthy. Extremely noteworthy. <laughs> in fact, that while badass might not be part of our marketing plan, your quote of extremely noteworthy certainly now is. But uh, so yeah. psyched to be able to have shared this moment yeah, with absolutely. you. This is my first sip of this on U.S. soil. That's awesome. Yes. Well, I'm glad that we got to share it together. We got, we got, a, we got a yeah, cheers, cheers to that. Oh, cheers yeah. to that. Well, I, I often say that with uh, friendship and with with whiskey, time is the most important ingredient, and I'm really glad that you got to take the time to come here on the show today. And I couldn't have been more pleasantly surprised and honored that you invited me to come here. Well, you're always welcome back. Hey, anytime. I'll bring the whiskey. All right. Microphones. I'll bring the microphone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for the speakeasy this week. Tune in next week, and we'll continue on our path to drinking more whiskey. I I hope. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.